Hi, it's Michael Blaze. Welcome to Your Home 360, the show where we talk about everything that has to do with your home. Your Home 360 is brought to you by Pool Works, the Low Country's exclusive dealer of the Little Pool line of pools. What is a little pool? It's a really cool, really strong, above-ground fiberglass pool. Now you can use it in-ground or partially in-ground, or it's strong enough to be used as a standalone. All you need is a cement pad or some pavers, and you can even hook your deck to it. It's so strong. Now, there's special incentives right now. If you're a listener to this show, you can save $1,000. Go to MyPoolWorks.com, MyPoolWorks.com. And if you decide you want to make a purchase, you tell them you heard about this with Michael Blaze on your Home 360, and you can get $1,000 off your purchase. I'm going to have Heath Bodorf. He's vice president of PoolWorks on live with us here in just a little bit as today's special guest and we'll find out more about the little pool from my pool works i also want to remind you if you want to listen to any past episodes of your home 360 you can use your iHeartRadio app that you can download for free and just search for your home 360 all of the past episodes are on there or go to 943wsc.com Look under podcasts and then click on your home 360 and you'll see all of the past episodes of the show there as podcasts. So I came across an interesting article that was discussing a lawsuit where a realtor in North Carolina was sued by their own client after buying a defective home. So this buyer client hired the realtor and then went and looked at some new homes and ended up signing a purchase agreement for a new home. So that's the crux of their relationship. Now, after the purchase, they discovered defects, including foundation cracks, electrical issues, and water problems requiring repairs estimated between eighty-five dollars and $91,000. So the buyers sued all parties involved in that purchase, including the realtor who represented her for breach of fiduciary duty. So, was this realtor guilty of breaching his fiduciary duty? Did he fail to disclose any latent defects? What was the extent of his failure of this fiduciary duty? That's what the court had to decide. Now, the buyer client said that because the realtor, when they were reviewing this third-party contract, so in other words, it was a contract provided by the builder and that the buyer signed, that when she reviewed it from the realtor, the realtor said, well, it's pretty much a standard builder contract. So she argued that by calling the developer's contract standard and not explicitly advising her to seek legal advice, that the realtor had breached his fiduciary duty and engaged in an unfair and deceptive practice. Did the court agree? They did not. The court pointed to a paragraph in their exclusive buyer agency contract that advised the buyer to seek professional advice in matters outside of strictly real estate. So, in other words, in matters of law, taxation, financing, insurance, surveying, and so on and so forth. So, the court found that the agent did not breach his fiduciary duty. Now, contracts are a little bit different in South Carolina than they are in North Carolina, but it brings up a good point to always read the contract. 
and seek advice from qualified people in that area. Uh, so if it's a contract with your realtor, if they're hiring them to be, you know, whether it's exclusive right to buy or exclusive agency or whatever kind of agency agreement you have with your realtor, read the contract when you sign it and make sure you understand the contract when you sign it. Uh, now ours, under our buyer agency contract, exclusive right to buy, uh, there's a line that says professional counsel. Buyer acknowledges that broker is being retained solely as a real estate agent and not as an attorney, tax advisor, lender, appraiser, surveyor, structural engineer, home inspector, or other professional service provider. Buyer agrees to seek professional advice concerning the condition of the property, legal tax, and other professional service matters. And then there's also an indemnification clause that protects the broker. So that's simply just the relationship between the purchaser and the real estate agent that's representing them in the purchase. And then there's another step, usually in the sales contract, called a non-reliance clause. And let me find that, and I'll read it to you real quick. Uh, paragraph 25 of the agreement to buy and sell real estate. So the non-reliance clause states, Parties execute this contract freely and voluntarily without reliance upon any statements, representations, inducements, promises, or agreements by brokers or parties, except as expressly stipulated or set forth in this contract. If not contained herein, such statements, representations, inducements, promises, or agreements shall be of no force or effect. Parties acknowledge that brokers are being retained solely as licensed real estate agents and not as an attorney, tax, financial advisor, appraiser, surveyor, engineer, mold or air quality expert, home inspector, or other professional service provider. And then it goes even one step further in paragraph 26, which is the broker disclaimer, which says, parties acknowledge that brokers give no warranties or representations of any kind, expressed or implied, as to one, condition of the property, including but not limited to termites, radon, mold, asbestos, moisture, environmental issues, water, waste, air quality, HVAC, utilities, plumbing, electrical or structure, etc. Two, condition of the property, survey or legal matters, square footage, three, off-site conditions, four, schools, five, title, including but not limited to easements, encroachments, projections, encumbrances, restrictions, covenants, setbacks, and the like, six, fitness for a particular purpose of the property or the improvements, seven, zoning ordinances and restrictions, eight, projected income, value, marketability, taxes, insurance, or other possible benefits to buyer, Parties consent that their brokers may communicate with them via any means and use or disclose information not made confidential by written instruction of parties. So there's several steps in this process where you can see why the court ruled in the realtor's favor and not in the buyer's favor, where she said that he breached his fiduciary duty. Now, I will say this. I don't know all of the details of that particular case that I was talking about. Um, you know, the, I always tell my clients on new construction, I'm like the builder writes this contract. Normally they will not let you, I've tried, believe me, uh, change the language of the contract. Now you can do 
addendums to the contract, you know, if you want to add some items or especially if it comes to uh, added features or amenities uh, for the property that you want to include and things like that. But I come across language all the time that I don't like in their contract. And I tell them outright, I don't like the way that this is written. Um, But, you know, we'll try to change it. Most of the time, they will not let you amend the contract to change that language. So buyer beware when it comes to these developer slash builder contracts. And I'll tell you this also. There are some real estate brokerages that do not use the standardized contract. So we use the standardized contract as set forth by the South Carolina Association of Realtors. Some of these brokerages do not, and the builders and developers do not. Now, it might have much of the same language, but you have to be real careful in reading it and see where it's different and how that may apply to you. Um, But it, it goes straight to the point of read the contract. So through the whole process, first you're going to sign an agency agreement slash a contract with your real estate agent. Um, You know, whether they're, like I said, there's different types of agency, but you're going to sign a representation agreement and it will probably spell out those same things I just read to you. Um, You know, that you're hiring them for their expertise in real estate. Um, not in, you know, home inspection or structural engineering or, you know, any, I won't read you the whole list again, uh, but you get the crux of what I'm saying. And, uh, and you have to be careful when you sign these other contracts that are not standardized contracts. And especially this goes for even realtors, um, you know, because you're used to what's in that standardized contract. And sometimes you'll come across a contract that's not standardized like that. So you have to uh, really get down to the nitty gritty and see where it's different. And another couple points about this also, like I said, I'm not familiar with, you know, all the details of this case. So maybe this realtor did everything that they were supposed to do. Obviously, the court found in their favor. Um, But maybe to prevent being named in that suit in the first place, the realtor should have gone a, a step further and said, look, the same thing I just said. You have to be careful when you're signing these builder contracts. A lot of times they're different than a standardized, well, they're almost always different than a standardized contract. And you have to explain how that might affect uh, the buyer in their ability to do anything about problems like this. And it also calls into question the builder warranty and all of these other things. Like I said, I don't have enough details to discuss uh, this case in greater detail. Um, but you have to be aware when you, not only to read the contract, but what it means to you. So get the opinion of your realtor on what it means and then take it one step further. And if there's any questions at all, if you have any questions at all, have a lawyer review that contract, uh, before you sign it and execute it, or you could end up in, you know, some, uh, unfortunate circumstances like this uh, particular buyer found themselves. And I'll also say this. Now, if the realtor knew of any of those problems and did not disclose them to the buyer beforehand, then there would have been a different outcome. He would have breached his fiduciary duty. 
because it is your duty to explain any kind of latent defects. Um, you know, and, and a latent defect is a defect that's there, but it might not be noticeable at first look. I always think of like foundation issues or structural issues. That's the first thing that comes to mind, but it can be anything. And that's why we always tell you to get an inspection. And sometimes even inspectors can miss these issues, but that's a subject for another show. Uh, we're talking about a realtor's duty here. So no matter who you represent in the deal, if you learn as a realtor of a latent defect in your deal, you're required to disclose it, even if it's to the detriment of your client and to the benefit of the other side of the deal. So I wish I had more time to get further into this. We'll talk about this on another show. Uh, but the bottom line is, buyer beware, read the contract. Now it's time for today's special guest. Joining me live in the studio is Heath Bodorf. He's vice president of Pool Works. Welcome, Heath. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. So um, I wanted to uh, get you back in here and talk more about this fantastic product that you have. Uh, Pool Works is the Low Country's exclusive dealer of the Little Pool line of pools. And it's a fantastic product. It's pretty much assembled here in South Carolina, in Ridgeville. So let's start there, Heath. So the, the shell of the pool, the fiberglass, is actually manufactured in Australia. And then it's shipped to the United States and it's assembled and equipped in Ridgeville. Do I have that right? You do. So it, it, they come in in containers right here at the Charleston Port. Um, and they're stacked inside of containers. And then we, we get them up there to Ridgeville and we pull them out and uh, turn them into the little pool. So, yeah, it's uh, right there, right there locally. You're putting people to work buying a product. Yeah, right here in South Carolina, you're putting them to work. So let's explain to people, our listeners, what the little pool is. It's a very strong, um, I guess you would describe it as a plunge pool. It is. So it's it's a plunge pool that um, it's a traditional in-ground fiberglass pool that has been modified uh, using uh, fiberglass products, GRP, and some patented processes to make it a freestanding fiberglass pool. It can be put in the ground, but um, it really was designed and implemented as a freestanding plunge pool. And it comes in different sizes, and you can, um, you know, there's many benefits to it. One of them is the installation, though, because in a lot of cases, you can be swimming in on the same day that it's delivered, right? That is correct. Yeah. In most cases, um, the pool is delivered, it's set on a concrete pad or pavers and filled with water they are in a small size um so most places can have it fold filled by that night and they could be swimming that evening yeah sure can and even though they're very strong um they're fairly lightweight so you don't need a crane to lift them into your backyard if you have a tight space they're perfect for that i think of houses downtown i think of houses and subdivisions that are close together where there's you know real tight spaces in between that uh some of these traditional fiberglass pools have to be lifted in with a crane now this one uh explain the process of how they in, uh, deliver and install the pool all right so in most instances it, it is lifted with a crane okay so um or what we call a telehandler a telehandler would would be um a brand name would be a law um and so that enables you to put it in the backyard with the the space or the footprint width between homes as long as that telehandler can fit between them homes it can carry that pool in the backyard so you don't have that extra cost of a crane that's lifting 140 feet into somebody's backyard that that's a huge expense so you could literally have it brought into somebody's backyard as long as they're able to get between homes 
with that telehandler, and typically they're about eight foot wide, um, then you can get that pool in the backyard. Worst case scenario, you can also use a certain bobcat type uh, you know, machines that have uh, some extensions on them that you can lift them in the backyard too. Our biggest pool only weighs like 3,300 pounds. So, you know, you're talking honestly in le- legitimately, you could get 10 of your buddies together and carry it in the backyard. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just give them some beers and invite them on over. Hey, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> That's right. You're going to help me it's install like my a, little pool. Today. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of like a moving party. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. I have, I have a friend who just did that with his hot tub. He's yep. like, yeah, I didn't even tell him. I just invited some people over and I'm like, Hey, <laughs> yeah, there you while go. you're here. That's right. Um, there, there can also be HOA benefits. Now, we talked about this, you know, um, different HOAs have different rules. Some of them do not allow above ground pools, but you can make the case to the HOA that this is a different animal, right? You sure can. Um, you know, most HOA rules um, are, uh, forbid kind of above ground pools because most laws um, with above ground pools, they don't require a fence. Um, and that's a liability issue that most HOAs are, you know, have that hat, you know, that, that kind of negative attitude towards above ground pools. Um, you know, t- typical above ground pool was your round 24, 26 foot round pool that was uh, basically a tin can with a rubber or line, vinyl liner in it. Yeah. And, and th- there's nothing wrong with that pool because it definitely has a, a niche market and, and uh, you know, they sell a bunch of them a year. Um, but it's got a negative aspect to the HOA because no fencing requirements are needed for that. In most cases, you don't even need a permit to put an above ground pool in your backyard. So that being said, there is a negative connotation uh, that HOAs have, and it's it's the really a, a liability issue. You know, they want your pool surrounded with that fence. They want it child proof. They want it to be able to, you know, they don't want a lawsuit. And that's 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 where most HOAs have a problem with above ground pools. Yeah, and they're also you know can be aesthetically unpleasing. I know my wife hates them. Yeah. Uh, she would not let me put one in. She's yeah. like, one of those is not going in our backyard. Uh, so if you're also concerned about aesthetics, um, you know, the, the little pool is beautiful. It is, it is, it's, it's modern looking, um, you know, it's designed to last a lifetime, um, if, and more, uh, the, the warranty on the thing's 25 years. So, um, it's, it's built and it's, it's, it's just a well-made product and it, and it can be made to look completely custom. You could put, you know, travertine on it and make it look like an above ground, um, or partially in-ground um, piece of your backyard that's really landscaped into it. And also, I, I believe we talked about this before, it can be a benefit where you were talking about, you know, one of your latest clients who happens to be on St. Helena Island, uh, where I own some property, and I had discussed this with you before, when I get to the point where I want to build a house, it's perfect for the, the little pool because the water table there is so high you know, I would worry about not only an in-ground pool popping out of the ground, being forced out by the groundwater, but also flooding and filling up your pool with who knows what, you know, uh, not only the flood water, but what kind of wildlife is going to yeah. end up in there. And so, you know, the little pool is a perfect solution for that. It is, you know, um, even when we, we, you know, customers install these things, even partially in the ground, you're still, you know, typically two feet above the ground. Which, um, you know, by coincidence, that's also a perfect bench height. So a lot of people are turning these pools, they're putting them partially in the ground. But is what that does do, even if they do do partially in ground, it negates that, that, 
that groundwater issue. It negates critters cl- climbing in your pool. Um, you know, I've been to homes before where, you know, after a flood or something, you know, pulling alligators, you know, three, four foot long alligators out of somebody's backyard, out of their pool. Um, not fun. No, the last thing you want to see is alligators and snakes in your yeah. swimming pool. You have a great line of options. And let's start with, uh, we'll get to, you were telling me about some new technology, but first uh, tell us about the option and equipment packages that you have. So really there's a, um, the pool comes with a standard package. So the standard package would be, um, it comes with a, an, a Bluetooth capable pump that's variable speed. So it meets all the modern requirements for energy efficiency. Um, it's got a media filter. Um, and then it's also got a mineral system and an LED light that is remote controlled. So even our stand, the standard system on this is pretty much remote control, uh, very hands-off. Uh, the media is not sand. It's actually called filter balls. They look like little uh, polyester balls. They're not polyester, but they're, they look like that, and they're designed to um, catch a filtration and the media even at a higher rate than what sand is. And um, the life expectancy on them is about the equivalency of sands, four or five years before you change them out. But it's very simple to change them out. Um, and you, what they are also is they prevent you from having to backwash the filter. So that saves energy. It saves water. Um, so that's that's one thing that's cool about that. And that's just our standard package. And then you can go up from there. You can go fully automation um, with Wi-Fi capability where you could turn your, your pool on and get it heated up uh, before you get home from the office. Now, you were telling me about, uh, you know, some new technology and actually an experimental pool that you've had going for quite a while now. Explain that to us. Yeah, so um, we've, we've experimented with that mineral system and a product that is an ozone generator. So it generates its own ozone. And what that did, that we started with that pool um, in a test phase in August. And um, it, all it had in it was a mineral system and they ozone and is what that's done is no chlorine has been introduced to that pool since august that it's as close to a chemical free pool as you can get which you know it's great for you it's great for the environment it's great for your pocketbook um and and so that's you know something we're, we're aiming at it's great for somebody that maybe has an allergic reaction or kids or that are sensitive to chlorine you know because even a saltwater pool creates chlorine and so that's something that that you know and then you can add uv to it to even further that and and you're talking basically a completely chemical free pool and you, you've said ever since uh, August is when you started? Yes. That you, there's been no chlorine in the pool since August through the whole run. Yeah. And it is still crystal clear and, and perfectly healthy. Correct. I mean, that's just wild. So, um, and that's very interesting, too, that, you know, that technology's gotten to that point. Um, you were also explaining to me off the air about um, a cool pool heating system that you have. Yeah, so that's still in the testing phase, but um, basically it would enable um, you to buy a cover for the pool that has got solar panels built into it that um, basically heat your pool through the solar panels without having an external heater added to your pool, which, you know, everybody knows heaters are, are expensive. And, and if you're going to buy a heater, you're going to buy a cover anyways to keep that heat in during the night when it loses all that heat. So, you know, you're already buying a cover when you buy a heater. So why not just put that heater in the cover? So there's a company um, that we work with that um, has developed that. So it's just now entering the testing space. And um, once that's complete, that'll be released. Well, that's fantastic. And let's reiterate again, just how strong the little pool is, um, you know, that you can 
it's it's strong enough where it can stand alone above ground or you can install it however you like in ground partially in ground above ground but it's so strong you can even hook a deck to it you don't need any uh supports for your deck right so you can integrate it into like your decking system or however you wish to proceed it can handle that that weight and in that stress yeah so it's designed so you can put like a a a header board around it and then put joists right on top of that header board and you can just bolt that header board um we call it a surround board and um you know you can run your joists right off that and uh, so that way that that creates um you know however long wide wide you want your deck before you have to put your first pier so you know you could theoretically have put an eight foot wide deck around that and not have to worry about putting piers up next to the pool because the pool is a support it's basically a cantilevered deck yeah that's great i mean and it makes it so convenient and and what about um colors and styles heath so they offer four colors um from a bright vivid blue to a, uh, a pacific kind of blue um, and then there's uh, quartz, which is a gray granite looking color. And then there's another one that's evolution, which is actually my favorite. It's evolution is um, it's a quartz or gray background, but then it has blue flake and, and metal uh, kind of a shimmery effect to it. And it gives this real blue gray color water. It's gorgeous. Um, and then five different shapes. But a new one is coming out in the spring. I, I believe they are. Uh, projecting an april release that is um it's called the play and it's uh, 6.1 meters which is about 20 21 feet and it's 10 foot wide so it's actually a big little pool yeah and and that brings up and you said in the spring you know people might say well you know it's january it's the beginning of the new year uh maybe i'll think about getting a pool or maybe i'll think about exploring this as we get closer into spring Uh, why should people act right now (laughs) <laughs> to get on the list um <laughs> usually you know it, it's it's prior to covid you don't really start getting calls until um, most pool companies didn't really start getting calls until that first warm day of spring since covid it's it's like your phone starts ringing the first of january now uh, people want to get on that list because i think people you know were educated um over covid and and how backlogged pool companies got and so now they want to be first on that list. And so now we're starting to get those calls earlier and earlier. And, um, you know, that to get on that list, you know, pool companies don't grow every year. They don't add people to their, their thing. They stay the same size pretty much um, because next year might not, you know, sell as many pools or whatever. So they can only service so many pools per year um to to the most extent. So there are companies out there that grow, but for your average pool company that, you know, he might be able to build, say, 40 pools a year without expanding his operation and bringing in a whole bunch of new employees. So most of the time, they take them 40 calls and sell them 40 pools within the first two or three months of the spring. Yeah. So like you said, you want to get on the list. You want to make yeah. sure that you're going to have your pool uh, ready to go. And, and with the little pool, it can be ready to go right away. That's right. And uh, are there any incentives right now, Heath? There is. So right now, anybody that calls up and mentors uh, your show, um, we're willing to take $1,000 off the cost of, the, of a pool. Well, that's fantastic. So just tell them you listened to uh, that you heard Heath on your Home 360 with Michael Blaze, and you can get $1,000 off right now. And how can they find out more about the little pool and how can they order Heath? Well, first, they can go to our website. It's uh, www.mypoolworks.com, or they can uh, phone us, and it's 843-695-8355. All right, perfect. And again, it's you know assembled and equipped right here in South Carolina, the fiberglass shell, 
uh, manufactured in Australia, who are known for their fantastic fiberglass. Then they're shipped to Ridgeville, where you build the exoskeleton, right? And equip the pool, and then off to wherever it's going here in the low country, right? Yes, sir. All right. So, Heath, uh, give your phone number and your website one more time. Uh, it's mypoolworks.com and 843-695-8355. All right. Perfect. I always enjoy talking to you, and I think you have a fantastic product. And, uh, and I really look forward to working with you, and I thank you for being a sponsor of your Home 360. Oh, no problem, Michael. We thoroughly thank you. And that pretty much does it for this week's Your Home 360. I appreciate you listening. Remember, if you want to hear the podcast of this week's show or any past shows, just download it for free on your iHeartRadio app or go to 943wsc.com, look under podcasts, and then click on Your Home 360. If you have any questions you want addressed on the show, reach out to me at michaelblaze at iheartmedia.com. And in the meantime, have a good weekend.